see the drippy, I'm fitted up. Hop in my car and a giddy up. Secure the bag, yeah, I get the bus. Welcome to episode 74 coming up. We got more trophies for the boys who call Dishfalk Field home. And we have a couple of guests, a former Longhorn in the NFL. And the other is helping college and big leaguers in baseball take their games to the next level. As Charlie Strong once said, let's ride. <laughs> Wake your ass up or take a damn nap. And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. It's time. You were I mean, Sean, you were twerking. That's going to happen. <laughs> Murph, don't be a dick all your life. It's uh, one, of, one of the more fun podcasts I've ever done. Hey, I'll tell you what. If you're not talking about sports in the man cave, you... No, nah, I bet not. So you're not a man. That's it. <laughs> Hey, and just like that, and we're about to add our guy, Big Mike, here. We're still I'm here. I'm there here. he is. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my here. What? Get out yeah. of here. I see yes, you south in the building. The it's second episode. Beat. Yeah, the second episode of our new platform. Big Mike, Hardball Harge, and Adrian Colbert, the Longhorn. We like to call him Longhorn Legend of DBU, and Jim Saxton, who is our primary sponsor, former Longhorn himself, we thank him for this opportunity of building this podcast. But guys, before we move forward and talk to Adrian, we have got to reveal our brand new sponsor. And this is, comes from a business on the south side of Austin. And Deer Garden on the south side here, South Congress. Uh, we, we were, did I miss some drama during that uh, reveal? That was, uh, I don't know. Everybody saw the reveal. That was pretty, uh, at least I saw it. Arj, did you see it? I was going to say, that was pretty dope, right? That was pretty dope, right? I mean, <laughs> the thing is growing so much that now we got sponsors. It's a beer garden. And I know Mike likes beer gardens. <laughs> They got yeah, coffee, but here, I got the NFL. I get to work out every day like Adrian. So I'm, uh, Adrian, though, congratulations. Hey, Thanks. we appreciate you. And that is Adrian Kilbert, uh, former Longhorn, who uh, transferred to Miami, recruited by, I, I believe, Matt Brown brought you in, our science yes, developer relationship. And you finished yes, at the U, baby. And now, yes, sir, in the NFL. Yeah, Adrian, we'll go around the round table. I'll start it off with the uh, simple question. Once a longhorn, always a longhorn, correct? Yes, sir. Always, man. You gotta once once you step on once you step on the 40 acres, you'll never step off the 40 acres, no matter where you go, whether you transfer or not. Like whether I wear Miami Hurricanes gear or a wristband or whatever, like I'm forever a longhorn because I grad I graduated. I graduated from UT. I got my T ring, so that stamp, that's official. 
Yo, I also have a longhorn tattoo. If you look, Adrian, it's a okay. The the blue one was the original, and then we got the bigger one because I thought, oh, it'll cover it, and now it just looks like football. So I mean, (laughs) but I I too went to UT, but I only went for a coffee. Then I went pro very early in retail. So (laughs) going pro. Hey, everybody got a hustle, right? Everybody (laughs) got a hustle. Yeah. We all gotta get. We all gotta pay our bills some way, no matter what it is. That's exactly right. So let me ask you this, Adrian. You just brought it up, and and Sean did the introduction. My question was, okay, you come to the University of Texas, you get recruited by Mac Brown, and I, I back in the day, 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 I was recruited to the University of Texas as well to play baseball, and I understand what it's like. But it was in the olden times. This is the new age. This is the fun. Uh, social media this is all about the hype and everybody's in in it to win it my question to you was when you came to the university of texas and you decided to commit to the university of texas what what made that happen what went into your thought process to become a longhorn first man so first of all i just like to say thank you guys for having me on the podcast man absolutely like as it's crazy because like when i left texas like like it, it felt like like no like all the Texas like people that were like fans or had became like close to me like kind of like disappeared and faded, and I mean it kind of it, it kind of hurt me. But I mean it was like at the time when I left, it was I was kind of like I was angry. I was angry. I was angry at the university yeah, yeah. for everything that went on. But anyways, like like you were saying, like what what really went into me switching my commitment from Baylor because I was committed to Baylor at the time. Yep. Um was just like the family. It it it, it was it was a family feel when I came on my official visit in December. And like the brothers that I met on that day, December eleventh, official visit, like they're still brothers to this day. And just having that home feeling and I mean it being really not not as close as Baylor, but it being Texas, like, come on, like, you, Man, you ain't gonna turn down yeah, people in the yeah, back. You, know? you ain't gonna, you ain't gonna turn down no opportunity from Texas when you really from Texas. Like, like when you got the the heart, the heart and soul of Texas in in you, like Texas football is it. Like that's where you gonna go. Like regardless, you're not going out of the state. It don't matter what they offer you or whatever. Like you, you going to Texas. You going to play for Mac Brown, and if you're a DB, you going to play for Dwayne Aquino. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. If I get it off of mute, my bad. So my, you know, sometimes you're on dad duty with, on podcasts. So, sure. <laughs> future little DB here. Maybe we'll have to teach you some. So, I right, talk about when you, so you graduated from UT. You said you got your T ring, right? Yes, sir. What you major in? Uh, corporate communications. Ooh, I like it, man. Well, I just happen to own a business. Maybe we can talk once you get out of the league. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Uh, I'm, all, I'm so always down. When you went to I'm Miami, dude, where else were you looking when you transferred? Were you like, man, I know I want to go. Maybe I. T- no, nah, it was it was it was Miami or nothing. We good. It it was Miami, Miami or, or nothing. nothing. <laughs> yeah, it was Miami or nothing because the relationship with Manny Diaz and uh, Ephraim Banda that I had, like that that opportunity had kind of kind of revealed itself before the end of the season at Texas because they had took on the job there as DC and then safeties coach and the relationship that I had with, with Banda was 
was a really good, good relationship. And he understood the things that I was going through at the time at Texas. And he wanted to give me an opportunity to prove that I could play at the next level. Which you, which you did, man. I got to remember, I remember you practicing and playing. I'm like, man, this guy can just get on the field. They give him a shot. <laughs> crush it. Then you go to Miami and you see your highlights on ESPN. <laughs> I was like, what the yeah, hell is man. going on here, dude? So talk about the transition, right, from there to the NFL, right? You've kind of kind of gone to a few teams and whatnot. I know you're in New England now. Like, how, how has that been? How is the process? How do you correlate that to your time at Texas and Miami? Um, I correlate it. Like pretty, it's really simple. It's really similar in a way to how things have transpired. Like since I've been in the league, so when I was at Texas, I got there. I ain't know what the hell I was getting myself into, (laughs) man. I didn't have a clue. And I mean, I found out. I found out really fast. Like it, it, like you got to work. Like you got to work for what you want. You got to work, and you got to continue to work. And like, like one of my old teammates said, I mean, rents due every day. In, in the league and in college and in college I really didn't understand it until I decided to transfer like when I transferred to Miami that was that was it like I was like look this is my only opportunity to see that my dreams that I've had since I was five come true and nothing was going to stop that no no matter where I was going to no matter where I was going no matter what position I was playing because I switched from safety to corner when I went to Miami and like I was going to put in that extra work. I was going to watch film every day. Like, like my big bros, Quandre and Adrian Phillips used to always tell me when I was at Texas. And I mean, I kind of, kind of ignored it. I only did the minimum. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't succeed at Texas. And I mean, it took me a long time to own up to that, but that was, that was a lot of the reasons why I was not successful there. But and, and it comes back to one of the reasons why I kind of not fell off, but got got into like a state of always being injured because I wasn't taking the extra time to to work on my body, to do extra things, to work on flexibility, mobility, to reduce the chances of small tissue, soft tissue, ish, soft tissue injuries. And then, um, yeah, so I mean, it's. It's tough. It's a grind, and it's something that you really have to dedicate and make sacrifices for. Adrian, uh, for the people who are watching this, uh, you grew up in Wichita Falls and um, a Mineral Wells, Texas product, and uh, you you mentioned you were a four-star recruit and highly recruited, obviously. Now, you mentioned the grind that you've gone through, and I think – a lot of success stories. We could all say that the path we we took, the path taken, um, adversity we faced, really develops who we are. You had quite a story, and I remember telling this story about three when you were drafted in 2017. Uh, it's pretty much I, I don't even it's priceless because there are so many people I know, people I mentor, and all of us have friends who come from hard backgrounds the story about you on a bike and it almost took your life you were just racing a friend like all of us have done in the street and and then your father having the uh the gang lifestyle it turned his life around too i mean it's it's a beautiful ending would you say oh yeah 100 percent. i mean just the like a lot of people 
when I tell them the story about me getting hit by a car at such a young age, uh, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I'm like, please don't be. Like, it was one of the biggest blessings of my life. And to this day, it still has been because not only did it affect me in the trans transition of my life, uh, but the trajectory of my life, but it also changed the trajectory of my family's life, my father, my mother, like everyone's life changed. Like everyone woke up and realized that like they have to be better examples. Like they have to lead the way as parents and the life that lifestyle that they weren't living prior to me getting in the accident wasn't the way. Now you also, and I hate, I don't mean to interrupt anybody on this, but uh, that you also gained an additional family and the Clarks, if I remember correctly. Yes, sir. They, they, they were one of the reasons why I like kind of like settled down in mineral wells because I didn't want to be there. I, nobody wants to leave there. Nobody wants to leave their hometown where all of their family and friends are to be somewhere else where they don't know anybody. Like yeah. they, they made, they made my uncomfortable situation more comfortable and they introduced me to a lot of things. Like they took me to my first college college football game. I used to travel to Norman, Oklahoma and watch football games there. I went to games at Baylor. I mean, they, they, they showed me a lot of things in life that like where I, where I'm from, like you don't really get to see, especially from a family of like a white family, like, Cause I'm, cause like I'm from the, I'm from the hood and yeah. like, you don't really get people like that to right. like show you love and take care of you and to show you that like not everybody's like what you see on TV or what you see in movies and stuff like that. So let me ask you this, Adrian. Um, that's, that's an unbelievable story. And I'm glad that you, you got an opportunity to share it and you can use it as your testimony when people ask you questions. So I want to ask you this too. Would did that adversity at that time lead you to where you were when you were at that crossroad of I'm going to leave Texas. I know I can accomplish this. If I go somewhere else, you may not have got a fair shot. Uh, you don't have to say it. I'll say it. You didn't get a fair shot at the university <laughs> of Texas. But it really pissed me off. The ex- when you left. Just like you had that feeling. I had that feeling because I'm like, what are we missing that this kid doesn't get to yeah. be on the field all the time. Now, yeah. now you had that adversity in your life prior to that. So when you got a chance to go to Miami, you already knew what it was like to battle through some tough times. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. Like adversity is some, one of the things that no matter what, what, what part of life you come from, what background you come from, you, everybody's faced adversity. Like whether you're ri- you're the richest man, Elon Musk in the world, or whether you're the poorest person in the world. Like we've all Me. faced adversity. <laughs> like it, do- it doesn't matter. Like where you, what you come from, black, brown, white whatever, Hispanic, Asian, like everybody's faced adversity. And that's one thing that brings us together. But like my whole opportunity in Miami, like that was all faith-based, like nothing, nothing more but faith. And like, I put all my trust in God knowing that if, if he gave me an opportunity, because like nobody knows this, but I was, I was depressed. Like I was taking antidepressants. I was seeing a therapist like three times a month when I was at UT that last year and um, partially because one of my, I lost one of my good friends the summer before and um, just the whole situation, the way everything was going, not being able to play. 
and it just was causing me to lose a lot of focus, causing me to succumb to alcoholism and just a lot, a lot of bad stuff. And I mean, at, at like towards the end of the season, I kind of, you know, it's just like, whatever, like I'm, I'm done. Like I'm, I don't want to play anymore. Like I'm over it. Like my coach don't believe in me. He stated it. Then why would anybody else believe in me? And one point I want to say it was, um, after we beat Baylor, well, actually, no, like two weeks before we beat Baylor at the end of the season, I got on my knees and I, and I, and I cried, I cried and I prayed to God. And I told him, it was just like, like, all I need is just one opportunity. You just show me that this is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, cause if not, I, I'll let it go today. And, um, I got a call from Vanda up in Miami who had just left Mississippi state with, uh, Diaz and, he was like, hey, I know you're going through some times right now and things aren't the way you want them to be, but we're about to go to Miami. We just got a job in Miami and we might have a spot open for you, but like it's not official, but don't make any decisions without hollering at me. And I mean, that was that was the sign. That was the only sign I needed. That was a sign I needed from God to like, you know, buckle down. And once he said I might have opportunity that that was my plan a that was no more there was no plan b after that so right after that i was just like i'm going to miami and i started training with jeremy hills and running track <laughs> like i was i was i was doing two a days during that whole spring i was doing doing spring track and going to train out and um out out past the domain every day with, with jeremy hills like i uber and you know, own it own it I'm trying to get it, man. And I mean, it just, it, it all ended up working out by the grace of God. It's uh, it's pretty cool. You talked about, you know, being depressed, right? Like I, I grew up bipolar and ADHD, right? So I've had eight regular therapists, four family therapists, uh, all the way from, you know, counselors to going in like troubled kid homes and stuff like that. Right. Cause I, they couldn't control me. I'm adopted. So I had a lot of roller coasters growing up, and, and to this day, I still go and see a therapist at least once a month just to clear your mind and, and hear yeah. different sides of it. But as you know, as as men, quote unquote, you know, it's this stereotype: you got to be strong, and you don't need to talk yeah. to anybody, and this yeah. and that. And you know, I think you know, Dak Prescott kind of mentioned it; it got more airway, right? But for those like you and I who've gone through it, like all I can say is like I, I commend you for that, dude. Because yeah. Yeah. That takes that. That's when you look within, right? You're like, mm-hmm. what do I need to do? I went through the same thing, dude. I went through a depression. I was doing a lot of drugs, alcohol, stuff like that, um, in my mid twenties, just because I was didn't have a way. Thought I was just lost, you know. I was like, whatever it is, what it is. Like, I didn't graduate college. I'm stuck in this retail job. You know, girls breaking up with me. Can't you know? It is all that mumbo jumbo, right? You know. Yeah. I uh, know. As you get older, you start to realize, man, there's bigger pictures and, and mental healthness and all that other stuff is real. 100%. Uh, but I'll tell you right now, I dated a girl in Miami and she was pretty hot. So, hey, in Miami, you can't you can't really miss it. Miami ain't too many misses out there. <laughs> you open your eyes, and blink, you'll be all right. I mean, you'll find another. Um, that's really cool, man. That that you do that. So, so where like. Mentally now, how are you? Right, so you're with the Patriots. You, are you ready for ready for spring or? Uh, I'm ready, man. Like I'm, fall, I'm, I'm, I'm more I'm more ready than I've ever been. Like honestly, oh. I, I'm, I'm 
my health is my health is optimum my mental is optimum my spiritual is right up there with it all because i mean at the end of the day i was again i was at a point where like i didn't know if i was going to sign anywhere and i was i was okay with it mm-hmm. like like my like i'm my back isn't against the wall like nobody's nobody there's not many people rooting for me i don't have any i don't have any high expectations the only high expectations they're coming from is from me and within and the only person that i got to prove now is just to myself is in god <laughs> cuz at the end of the day that, at the end of the day that's all i'm serving like nobody else uh, everybody else on the outside they not they not paying me they not they not doing anything for me either hating or they supporting yeah. i mean i i welcome it all <laughs> <laughs> well you got i know you got three people here that are pulling for you and there will no support doubt. you as well man and and you know i know Mike had touched on it, but you being able to have this platform, it's it's moments like this where you can open up and you may not help a million people, but if you can help one person at a time with that That's statement, it. you are you have moved mountains. So I commend you for being open and honest with yourself, number one, because if you're not honest with yourself, everybody else is just gonna fall in line. So Thanks. you you did your thing, and and I, I'm I commend you for that as well. So from us here at the man cave, you a real one, dog. And like I said, I was I was really pissed when <laughs> I found out you were leaving, and I'm like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. what are we really doing? And then I was really happy as hell to watch you go and fight make your way and get an opportunity to go to the league and have a career for yourself. Because of what you said earlier, a lot of people do you either sink or you swim in those situations of your early times. And I don't know if you know how to backstroke, but you damn sure know how to do the breaststroke, bro. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna find a way. That's one thing I'm gonna do. Like, Hey, I ain't, I ain't, the, str- I ain't the strongest swimmer, but I know I ain't finna die. well adrian how we usually you know you are now permanently for the rest of your life a vip of stories inside the man cave uh a really profound story that as both guys big mike and hardball mentioned you affect one person if we can affect one person from this episode man you've served your community well, because mental health is such a taboo subject and it shouldn't be. I no. too go through it. And oddly enough, just like Big Mike, I'm adopted. So we, we all talk about other families. So, I mean, that's a beautiful thing, man. And it is, I'm more than grateful that you made time. And before we let you go there in Foxborough, speaking as a new member of the Patriots organization. Yes, sir. Let's, Let's deliver an Adrian Colbert, Jim Saxon State Farm Insurance Agency man cave story. It could be from the Longhorn, something that happened in the locker room. You could tell a good Quandre Diggs story that we're not aware of or something like that. <laughs> a good Diggs story, man. Oh, sheesh. I can't get I can't. I, I ain't got no good Diggs story. I mean, not not. Not not available for not available for video or or something. Jeez, <laughs> um, what's a good story, man? I'm trying to think. I ain't. I wasn't even uh, a good Texas story. Like, 
I mean, yeah, it's, it's something that happened in the locker room. It can be South Beach. In the locker room. Well, shit. In the locker room, I mean, I can't get in trouble now. Shit. <laughs> we, I used to, uh, well, I mean, this ain't even like, is it funny? Like, because I used, like, one day, actually, not even one day, it might have been, I probably did this multiple times. Like, I went, went out 6th Street, got, no, this is actually like during the spring. This is like right now time, like, where you're doing, like, you're doing workouts, you're doing conditioning, 5 a.m.s on Fridays, 5 a.m. campus runs on Fridays. So one, one, not one Thursday, because I did this multiple times, but one of the Thursdays, well, fuck it, every Thursday, <laughs> we, I, would, <laughs> go. I, would, I would go out to 6th Street and, I mean, just completely let loose. Go, favorite favorite get, place get, get, to go on 6th. Where was your favorite place to go on 6th? What was your favorite place? Go to like? spot was probably Chupacabra. For show on the Chupacabras corner. Chupacabras on the corner, Chupacabra, huh? Chupacabra, we would go to Chupacabra Aquarium. Okay. And then was the spot, and maybe Tulu's every now and then. Maybe Tulu's. See, when yeah, I, was, I, mean, so I'm, I was there a little bit before you, I was there like down, living downtown there from like 2004 to 2007. But we were like the library, the aquarium. Library was, yeah. Red Fez back on Fifth Street when I was there. I think that I mean you weren't there yet. And then uh, with Barbarella's, you ever go to Barbarella's in the back? I ain't never, never heard. Oh, you missed it. So it's just like two bars, and in the back it is bump, <laughs> it is bump, fucking rap music in the back. It's so good. But it's we so would good. get, but I would get so drunk, I would just go sleep in the locker room. <laughs> and this was on Thursday, so Friday we'd have like a five forty-five team run around campus. Somebody would wake me up like 5 30 and i would still be drunk and i would crush everybody on the team run. would you really so crush you, her or would you be throwing up in the back no nah, i'd be in the front I, I would crush her. I, I, i'll be I, I i've i've never lost a campus run and i was always <laughs> drunk good for you just chopping around the campus hey run right past run right past the golf cart that coaches is on smelling like exactly light. Smelling like crown apple or something. Crown <laughs> apple. Golly, get your life together, man. <laughs> Look at it. From crown hey, apple to uh, crown, coconut, crown, coconut juice or milk. Crown, crown apple and uh, them adios, them blue drinks. They them blue, blue drinks, drinks. Adios, here we go. Those are called night drinks. AMS. Well, you uh, would have never passed the P test for Tom Herman. That's for no. damn sure. You would have been on the bad. You would have been a Wait, bad he, teammate. Might have been had al- with Tom Herman. We don't know that. He could have been drinking that juice too. He had he had alcohol P test. Oh, he had he had he, he, he had, had a P chart. Hydration. Yeah, hydration. Yeah, I wouldn't. No, definitely. Would. <laughs> no, he would have been peeing clear though. He would have been peeing clear at five in the morning if he was been yeah, out. Yeah, five a.m. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm peeing clear, but then right after that run, it's gonna be probably blue. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Adrian, man, we owe you a debt of gratitude, and the f- folks who are inspired by this, man, this is uh, priceless, and we give a big horns up to you, the you. Whatever yes, we're gonna associate with, I can't do, we do both. We, I do. I can do both though. Right there. <laughs> oh, look at that. Oh, look! It makes me. I love you. How cute is I like that? that. Uh, yeah. Hey, follow. How we do? Yes, exactly right. Follow Adrian Kelbert on on the Twitter and on social media as he begins his journey with the New England Patriots. Segment two, 
We're headed back home for an organization or business called Win Reality, cutting edge technology in baseball. Adrian Colbert, best of luck this year. We will be in touch. We'll probably yes, be in touch before football season to see how things are going there in Rockborough, Massachusetts. Yes, sir. Cool. I appreciate you guys. Absolutely, brother. Segment two is on the other way after this break. One of the most loyal fans of Stories Inside the Man Cave podcast since day one has been Jimmy Saxton, the former Longhorn and former Westlake Chaparral and the son of a Longhorn legend who was a Heisman finalist. He is also our primary sponsor for all of your insurance need. Log on to SaxtonInsurance.com or give him a call at 512-441-1082. Again, that phone number, 512-441-1082. Jimmy Saxton, an Austin original, and has been insuring Austin for nearly three decades. Beer and dogs, that's quite a pairing. You can help raise money for one of Austin's unique nonprofits, Divine Canines, by drinking a pint of beer. Yeah, you heard me right. Through May 31st, you can purchase a Divine Canines pint glass and a Paw Sport for $30 plus tax at one of the 22 participating ATX craft beer breweries. It's an event called Barks for Beers. The Paw Sport entitles you to one pour at each of the participating breweries. For more information about Divine Canines, log on to divine-canines.org. <laughs> You can find the list of participating breweries on our Twitter page at Stories Man Cave. How about that? Welcome to uh, Stories Inside the Man Cave, episode 74, number two, if you're counting, on the video platform. Guys, Longhorn's 79th conference title in baseball in OKC this week as we speak for the Big 12 tournament. That would be the second championship of the five that he's referring to. You guys, without jinxing anything or being overly optimistic, but can you be overly optimistic about this team? 100 percent dude omaha bust like i've been saying all year <laughs> omaha i'm just kidding no i think the team looks good man let's see what we do in omaha get some stuff going um pitching looked good hopefully ty madden you know he's, he had a couple bad outings right not as normal when we say bad outings not his normal stuff so maybe we hope we can get that dialed in tonight um you know win tonight win tomorrow off on friday play saturday win that championship sunday come home for regionals let's just you know, throw it out in the universe. They, you know, and I'm sure they took their win reality up with them to Oklahoma City. But what's coming along? That's also. Yeah, yeah, this is uh, Ryan Bennett, uh, the CEO, my friend, of Win Reality, bringing baseball and uh, MLB, college, 
And I believe even softball to a, an entirely different level. Is that pretty much sum up your business? Well, yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, to correct your CEO, I, I think Chris O'Dowd might might hear this and go, wait a sec, I'm the CEO, but Chris, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he took my job, uh, he jumped on to, uh, I'm my job, but Chris and Dan O'Dowd, Dan was a general manager for the Rockies 15 years. If you remember the Indians teams back uh, with Manny Ramirez and the real good Indians team, Dan also orchestrated those teams and has been a front office executive. So Dan was the founder, uh, really the visionary of it. And Chris got up and going as the CEO. And I've been here just under two years as a CEO. So there's a C in there. So I'll take a C, but I don't want to take the credit there. But uh, I'm sure Mike Harge, Harbaugh Harge just told you guys we, we've uh, been really excited, had a lot of success with, uh, you know, big league teams. And specifically, as we talk about on, on this show, college programs. Uh, I think you guys saw one of the one of the tweets, and Instagram posts I put out. Um, we've had the top five programs and not just, you know, Texas and, and uh, Arkansas, some of the key ones, UCLA, Baylor, Rice. You can go all the way down the list. Um, I hate to leave anybody else because some of the teams that haven't performed as well as they like, um, we've probably got 50 to 75 percent of the power five conferences. So we're pulling for Texas. They're in our backyard here. Um, the Big 12 looks looks tough and, and they're positioned really well. Yeah. Um, but we've, we've been proud to be a part of their program and they've really supported us since the beginning. And the good thing is they're seeing results, right? We've had 100 percent of these programs re-up and continue to use win uh, reality virtual uh, training, really focused around getting better as a hitter. And not to talk too much, but Mike knows from a former player, we talk a lot about swing path. But, you know, there's really been nothing that you can replicate game speed pitches. And so that's what we do. You can get in the box and see game speed pitches and get your rhythm and timing down. So when you get in the game, you know, you, you, you're confident that you've seen those pitches before because you have. You've seen them in our virtual reality simulator. So you bring it up and we talk about it. We're talking to Ryan Bennett of Win Reality. And Ryan, you and I have talked about this. I was with you when it first started out and when you became a part of it. And I've seen the growth as this has come about. So when Y'all put together a concept or how you're wanting to do something. What goes into that? I know we don't want to get too nerdy about it, but there's some really good stuff that is being part of this. Yeah, we've got a, a great culture. You know, we've got a lot of us that played uh, played baseball at a very high level. A couple of guys that played in the big leagues. I played in college and in the minor leagues. So we've got the baseball knowledge from Dan all the way down. And then the other half of the company is really product development and technology. Um, and so if you guys can, you know, you follow technology, it moves really quickly. One of the key things that's really helped us, and I can show you kind of what it looks like um, in October, uh, Facebook slash Oculus launched a standalone all in one headset. And so, you know, the hardware price point went from, let's say, four or five thousand dollars down to about two hundred ninety nine. And so what we've always tried to do, like a technology company, is stay ahead and make sure as new hardware comes out or we, we roll out new programs, We've got a team of developers that are on the back end, really staying ahead of the game. Where is this going? What features do those guys want? Um, the foundation of, of the product is really pitch recognition. Do I know where it's going to go? And, and can I anticipate that as I swing? But our customers, even at the big leagues and the Power Five conferences said, this is great, but eventually I want to swing the bat and hit. And so we're in a beta phase, but right around July, we'll be out of beta phase where you can get in and take virtual reality batting practice and, and get in there and hit a ball and see swing path and exit velocity. So a lot of it is just really listening to the customers and what do they want to help them get better. 
Speaking of product, that's a good looking hat you're wearing. I don't know. I don't Who know makes that? Those. I think I've oh, seen you by the office. That's a, uh, that's a good looking hat you got on there, Ryan. Um, but yeah, man, speaking of go ahead and, and going into batting, how, how do you think that's going to expand your 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 path, right? Because I know a lot of it's been, I, I came over one day and Andrew set me up and I was reading pitches off Miranda Ellis when she was here and I was ready to hit bombs off her. And he was like, well, you can't swing. I was like, all right, well, I'll just read these, right? What uh, What's the growth path? What do we, you know, once we're hitting, are you going to be able to like do full batting practice? Is it more just like you make contact? Are we going to see trajectory off the bat, off of the pitch? Or is it more of just making contact, making sure that, you know, we, you know, the players are getting their swing and connecting at the time of the ball? Yeah, no, you're going to see, um, and that's part of the development's taken some time. We're one of the first companies to ever, you know, hit an object that's not there in virtual reality. So there's been a lot of development and physics go behind when a guy lets it go, the travel speed and, and where it's going to end up, and then matching that up with the swing path. There's a sensor on the end of the bat now that, that actually tracks that swing. And so where we're going will be a full hitting. You see where the ball goes. And then the next couple of developments where we go in our actual situational hitting. So if a coach wants to say, you know, man on man on third infield back early in the count, let's go ahead and hit a ground ball shortstop, get the guy in or infield in. Let's see if we can drive one to center field. So we're really taking it from a training from an individual perspective. And then if coaches want to tailor some things on what they want to accomplish, um, you know, it's become back to a little more of a long ball. But even bunny, you know, if you want your guys to get in there and practice on bunting, you can get in there and bunt 50, 100 times in your dorm room. Um, in the locker room, in a garage. And, and that's the unique thing about our application. You can do it anywhere. Um, you know, guys get a lot of swings in on the field in the cage. This can be some active recovery from not swinging. But then just, you know, as I said, bunting or moving guys over and knowing what you're trying to do at the plate can help them develop as well. A lot of people that don't know what win reality is, it's a virtual system where you actually have the – like you can see the pitcher, their, their lifestyle, their body, like – you want to take pitches off Clayton Kershaw, you can get pitches off Clayton. You're seeing the whole, like, shebang if you're actually in the batter's box against that person versus it being, like, CGI or uh, just computerized, right? You're actually plugging in the pitcher and, and the stadium and the background and everything else. Yeah, we're plugging all in. And, and then, you know, there's so much data in baseball now, whether it be TrackMan or Rapsado. There's a couple other companies out there that they track ball flight and spin rate. So what we do, as you said, we take that actual data – with the visual asset and then our engineers and programmers will take it and put it in our application. And, you know, for our big league teams, they can actually see opposing pitchers. Same thing for colleges. And then when you work down, we have some exciting things coming for the younger ages. They'll see what we'll call generic pitchers. Um, but we're really close to where we'll, we'll be able to upload actual pitchers. You're going to face a high school start on Friday. If you can get video and some of that data, we're really close to being uploaded. So um, we've had a great response and, you asked about the trajectory. Uh, we wanted to start with the big league teams and power five because it, we didn't want it to be a video game. Uh, but from there, we've had such great response. And, you know, Paul Goldschmidt, we've got over 20 big league teams using it, 70 plus, 80 plus colleges on the Division One, all the way down to D3 in JUCO. And now the 12, 13, 14 year olds doing the same thing. Um, the price point to get in is, is essentially $20 a month. So for a real cost effective way to get in and get better, uh, being a former player, and, and, and Harms and I talk about this all the time, you know, there's so much swing path and launch angle and debate. All that's important, but it's irrelevant if you don't swing at the right pitch. And that's really where we focus on, getting the right pitch and being aggressive when it's in the zone. Ryan, you know, better win reality. 
Sorry to interrupt you there, Big Mike. Everybody, go uh, ahead. Yeah, I was, you know, I hear this now. I mean, analytics has become a significant part of the game, whether managing the game by managers, the MLB, uh, off-season conditioning, training to muscle memory, improving one's game. And that's at all levels. But when you hear the baseball purists, purists say, and being a former ball player yourself, the purists say, we're, we're not focusing enough on playing baseball. We're, the focus is more on analytics. What's your response to them? Because what you're doing is actually working to improve individuals. It is. And, you know, that's a that's a debate we laugh a lot about because I've got a brother that played. And he's more old school. And, and I think those of us that you know, let's just say 20, 20 years ago or, or before that are really kind of the traditional get out there and swing and hit it. Um, but I've I'm somewhere in the middle. I, I think if you use analytics right and can communicate what that means. And I give you an example. I, I had worked with a kid since, let's say, he's nine years old and there's a there's a place in town that's kind of got all those analytics. And I went with him just to see what they told him. And what was interesting, the data said kind of what my eye was telling me, which was really the perfect marriage of that coming together. Um, I think for the purists of the game, as you mentioned, um, I, you know, we've got a little bit too data driven because, you know, you need some of those role players that, that are willing to give themselves up and bun or hit guys over. Um, you need some of those guys that when the shift is on, that'll hit the ball the other way. And I think the biggest challenge, you know, if you just talk about watching baseball now is how many guys are striking out. Um, I think it was last week, week before there was two games that went in the first three innings of both games, nobody put the ball in play. And, you know, for that, for the fan and the enjoyment, you have to see some action. So, you know, I think the pendulum swings in, in sports and, it, and it's gone really far to the data side and hopefully it comes back a little bit. Um, but but I don't think you can ignore all that data. I think there's some good insights in there that can help guys get better. So I'm glad you said that because as we're talking right now, I just get an alert on my phone that said that this get, this kid hit 103.1 off the bat. Like he came off his bat 103.1 miles yeah. per hour. Yeah. You know what happened? He made an out. <laughs> right. He hit it right to the dude. So all that information, I get it, and I know that, it's there for a reason, but we saw Kevin Cash from the Devil, yeah, Devil Race take out a yeah. pitcher that was dealing, yeah. and they could have yeah. won the World Series because yeah. they were looking at some data instead of looking at what you see with your eyes and what you said when you went to go watch this kid take batting practice to listen and see. So let me ask you this, Ryan. You and I talk a lot about this game and, and how it's changed. And you said something to me the other day that was, I found very interesting because it didn't have to do with the VAR. I mean, the, the VR, it had to do with being a coach and looking at something. You noticed one thing on a person's hands on where he had it set up. And this is a kid that you have been working with and you know when he's good and when he's bad. And the simple thing that you changed, changed that dude's end of the season. When do we go back to just that? When, when, when is that part of the game just important? I agree. You got to be able to see pitches, and I love what you guys are doing. But at the end of the day, when we simplify everything, again, keep it simple, stupid, that makes the kids better. And we don't have all these strikeouts and no hitters, although people are throwing harder and all that other stuff. But you still got to put the ball in play. Yeah, yeah. 
And I think the you know the reference you you know you made, Mike, and and what's key there is the relationship and trust of that coach. You know, I could have probably told that kid any. I, I knew his confidence was shaken. I, I've watched him before when he was having success, and then I've watched him when he wasn't. And then I saw some still shots of it. And again, you know, when you're confident as a hitter, you're more relaxed. You go in there knowing you're going to have success. And I can typically tell by the way a guy walks to the plate whether they think they're going to hit or not. I was a former catcher, so you really studied every mannerism. Um, back to what you said, Mike, I think data's great over 162 game season or for college over a 60 game season. But for that one day, sometimes people catch lightning in a bottle for whatever reason. It's just their day and they're lucky. And, and then last year when he took Snell out, I think we were all watching going, how could no matter what the data is telling you, this guy's actually mowing them down. And so I think trusting somebody, you know, you having a mentor or coach that you can go to in a situation and when they give you advice, you believe it. Because when you struggle, uh, as I did too often, that's why we're sitting here talking about <laughs> when reality. Me too, dog. Me you know, too, dog. <laughs> but you, you know, everybody gets in your ear when you're struggling. So you, you don't know which voice to go with. And and then it's a confidence issue. Uh, you know, they move me down the lineup and I got all these thoughts going in my head of now I'm hitting seventh. I'm a three hole hitter. Coach must think I suck. Um, and, and, and so I think the, the key is, and you'll hear this a lot, you still have to have that relationship and trust that the player knows you got my best interest. There's history here in what you tell me I'm going to run with. And sometimes it, it, it can be nothing. You know, it could just be, a, I need something fixed, like going to the dock here, do this. Now I'm better. And fortunately for him, it translated. I, I caught a couple of things because I'd watched him and translated right away. And, and that's why, you, you know, you love working with kids and still staying involved in the game. You kind of mentioned it. And I'm kind of curious as a, as a, guy that grew up on video games, you always wish you could be in the video game, right? King Griffin yeah. Jr. Baseball, let's be real. We all played that back in the day. What What is there? Is there, and you can break my heart if you want to, Ryan. You wouldn't be the first person to do it. <laughs> uh, is, there, is there talks about maybe something more on like a consumer level where people could come in and just they wanted to mess around almost like a better than a weed type situation that Win Reality is working on? Yeah, absolutely. I can't give you all our secrets, but, you know, we hear that a lot. Um, guys that still love the game and, and you know, I, I'd love to face somebody and maybe tone it down a little bit where you don't have Kershaw's curveball because who's going to hit it? But but I think as we I'm continue to get feedback. Yeah, well, you might. You, I, mean, hard, coach, I can swing at it. I I'm won't. Break a One lamp, pitch. But I'll do it. One pitch. But I think they're absolutely, if you, you look at, you know, that gaming industry in general and in training game, where we want to do is we want to have players compete, you know, same age as you get older and get back in there. So we've got some exciting things coming uh, probably early next year in mid next year. That'll be around more of a gamification, a competition that that'll really engage the users to get in there. And I've got my two or three guys, you guys, the you know, the stories of the man cave should put a team together and then you guys can compete against win and see if, uh, <laughs> see who can come out on top on that. Game over, bro. We win that all day long. Uh, all day. Andrew's oh, arm's blown out. You can't have Andrew throwing. His arm's blown out. He's already told me that. And I know he can't hit. No, he can't hit. No. McCure <laughs> Hey, Brian, we want to give you an opportunity from uh, – if it involves win reality, the Jim Saxton State Farm Agency man cave story. Could you – you have a man cave story that uh, maybe from clubhouses of – days in your past that you could uh you would love to tell our viewers and listeners about you know i probably got a 
a few. You know, I, I caught the end of the last segment, and I was hoping you guys would catch, uh, get me in there because Mike and I spent several nights at Red Fest. And so I was hoping <laughs> yes. Red Fest. Dude, I used to have a card. They lost on my buddy's ID, so they gave us a Red Fest card, and we used to go into Red Fest and cut the line. That's so awesome. <laughs> we were probably in there with you. So I noticed hard. Yeah, we were probably quiet. in there for sure. He was quiet on that. But but when I think about a story, I tell you an interesting story, you know, kind of in, I think it was in Major League, you know, the locker room where you had Serrano and and you had this one, you know, this guy and that guy. And I'll tell you two stories that were, were really, really funny. Uh, one was we, we had more of that same character in, in, in Major League, the more religious guy. And I tell you, honest to truth, has his Bible open and, you know, it's before the game, we're getting ready to play. He's got his Bible open. He's reading. Well, the Latin players got salsa merengue going on on the other side of the locker room and they're dancing around and doing a celebration. Well, the other guy, I don't know where he's from, but he cranks up Metallica. Right. And so you've got like these three things going on, this heavy metal music, <laughs> this Metallica and the religious guy, oh, man, what's his name? Jared. I'll come up with it. He climbs up to try to outdo this and gets on the top of a table and starts preaching as loud as he possibly can. <laughs> the word of God. You got Metallica going. You've got salsa merengue going. And it's uh, and he's, you know, and the Lord said he's going on and on. <laughs> Half hour later, we're all playing baseball together. Uh, and it was just the locker room, kind of that man cave story. There's the other one. I tell you uh, the, who we all know uh, and, and make them quick. I'll give you two more. Um, playing uh, Ricky Henderson. I was around him a lot in the locker room. And, you know, Ricky always talked about Ricky and he would play cards, the best guy in, in the locker room. He'd play cards with all the minor leaguers and walk around and talk crap to everybody. Um, it's the last day of spring training. I'm catching, uh, playing catch with Ricky Henderson in the outfield. And I said, I'm going to get him to sign this ball. And they go, Don, no, don't, don't do that. You know, he won't do it. So, hey, Ricky, please sign this ball. Ricky, don't sign autographs. This goes on back and forth like three minutes. No, no, no. Ricky, don't sign all the guys. Come on, Rick. I, this is my personal collection. I love you. So he finally signs it, throws me the ball back, and never talks to me again. I had broken that uh, that code there. That code, uh, yeah. Damn it. Yeah. And then the last one, I was in a, a locker room, which is really a man cave story. Everybody's in the shower. One of our teammates lost his damn mind and went and got a baby alligator from the outfield and threw the damn thing into the shower. This little thing's walking around, chomping at everybody, and we we hauled ass out of there. So, um, that sounds kind of shower. Those <laughs> those were the those were the I ones. I knew it I'm was coming. To. I knew it was coming. <laughs> those are the ones I'm willing to share. Yeah. Oh, man, you'll plead the fifth on anything else that happened behind closed door in a baseball clubhouse, right? You got to keep those in the most of those in the clubhouse. Yeah, Hold absolutely. A second. Before we let Ryan go, I have to tell you all this, and I don't think y'all any of you know this. Ryan was my best man in my wedding. So me and Ryan, wait, 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 this gets better. So me and Ryan have been kicking it strong for – I don't know, a couple couple years before we get married. He meets my homeboys for the first time. For the first time ever, ever. All my boys from Khalid come in, guys I grew up with, and we take Ryan to this all-black club. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. take him to an all-black club. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he's looking at my boys. He's like, all right, all right. So we're about to go into this club. And he taps me. He goes, hey, man. 
we good? <laughs> I said, do you see the people that I'm with? He was like, cool. We go in there, we have a good time. We go in there, we have a good time. We leave. And he's like, dude, you are the only person in America that I know that has had a bachelor party for a week and it ends up in a club and I'm the only white dude in it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that was either during day four through seven. Nice <laughs> bachelor party went seven days. And I was like, all right, I got to take a pit stop. They did not take a pit stop. <laughs> and I had to have a pit stop on halfway. Got him, man. That's hilarious. That's my dude, man. Appreciate you joining us, buddy. Thank you guys a lot for having me on. Hey, yeah, Ryan, uh, when we see you away from the man cave, we need to sit around, grab a beverage, and we want to hear true man cave stories about uh, our guy here, Hardball Harge. Absolutely. Look forward to it. Virgin, virgin, excuse me. <laughs> I've got a couple of nicknames I'll share with you guys. So you can, you can <laughs> hey, Ryan, appreciate you, brother. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You will be back on in the man cave another time. But, man, great story, and we will gladly promote win reality for sure. Yeah, guys, we're sticking to the baseball theme. I mean, that pretty much describes where we are in baseball, the need for improvement uh, for people looking uh, to improve their games and win reality right here in the Austin area. And you can look online as well. Uh, I guess for each of you, you Big Mike and Hardball Hards, we know Andrew McCarahan. But have you heard other testimonials on how when reality has improved others' games? I know that, you know, UT baseball talking to like people like Zach Zubia's dad and, and everything else is, you know, they they get tons of, of feedback and reports and stuff like that. So I know like all the UT players are, are crushing it there and everything else. So um, and then, you know, we've got former players on, man, that, that crush it too. So. Um, I think that, you know, when reality is, is changing the game and everything is is cruising along with them. I can't wait to see what else they come out with. Yeah, I know personally because of the relationship that he has and he's had um, he's had uh, Manny Ramirez is doing some stuff with those guys right now. I know Goldschmidt and a lot of big leaguers. If you ever go to win reality or follow it on any of your social media platforms, you'll see major leaguers taking dry uh, hacks and looking into the virtual reality while they're on the road, while they're in their hotel rooms, getting themselves ready. Mike, I don't know who you faced when you put the, the headset on, but Miranda Ellis. Miranda, oh, Miranda Ellis. So I, I bet you did. You know what, dude? You seen that? <laughs> Man, first of all, Shout out to the UT women winning. I would have knocked bombs off of that. I'm just telling you, dog. I was my little my little King Griffey, Gary Sheffield, little waggle, waggle, pop, waggle, waggle, pop. See ya. Would have been gone. I got I got to face uh Josh Hader. Close oh, wow. the Okay. Andrew wouldn't give me any of those. I was like, give me Kershaw, dog. I want to see that right. nasty, nasty. Yeah. Man, I want to see. Yeah, it was oh. interesting to see because of the fact of we all have done some video games, like Mike said, talking about the Ken Griffey Jr. and how we think we could do this or or even the Wii baseball. And but when you get a chance to put those goggles on and you, you feel like you're in the stadium, I know wow, that they've bro. talked about the the ear, the headsets and all that stuff where you can hear crowd noise. 
they're 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 changing the game and they're making some things happen that are totally amazing. I wish they do something with golf. Yeah. You know what? If they if we could get a winter out of golf edition, that would be fun. God almighty, good. man. I went and played in this four-man golf tournament last week. Brand new clubs, got them extended. I'm literally peeling off the plastic as I'm going to hit. Uh, you talk about a shit show. Rain on us all day, four-man <laughs> scramble, 28 teams on a nine-hole, hard fucking cow <laughs> And it's raining. Dude, we start at 2 o'clock. We don't end until 9. And on top of that, all you golfers out there that know what a Calcutta is. Sean, you know what a Calcutta is? I need some more explanation. I've never participated. So Calcutta is like an auction, right? Basically, you have all yeah. your teams, and then they auction off everything. They have what they call two super picks. Super picks are it doesn't matter how much it goes for. You pay for it. You get to pick whatever team you want instead of waiting for that team to come up. Okay. Bid. First, first super pick goes for $1,400. Second super pick goes for 1000 my team is like, no, nah, don't buy it. Don't buy it. I'm like, I got it. $1,000. That'd be good for us. We can do it. We own our own team. It's great. Our fucking team went for $1,450, higher than anything else. You want to know why? It's probably because of me. Because I'm an asshole and I run my mouth too much. And people see we're being successful at last stand hats. $1,450. We shoot nine under. We're two shots out of the lead on the, in the middle flight. And then Sunday, we can't buy a fucking flight. I mean, we're lipping out everything. Seven, eight. Nine under again. We each lose $500. What a fun weekend in golf. Let me tell you. Love it. <laughs> yeah, so you, were, you were hitting bombs like Phil Mickelson at the PGA Championship. Right? Bro, I didn't get to watch it. I didn't get to watch it. I was getting my ass handed to me. Oh, my God. No, I did get invited to the Coleman Invitational. Shout out to Coleman uh, Invitational. It is a low ball, scramble, shamble type. So, basically, yeah. three players. You have an A player who has to play his own ball. There's two other players, B and C players, yours truly, uh, shamble. So you take the best drive, you play your own ball in. This Calcutta has anywhere between fifteen and $100,000 in it, boys. That's I'm going to retire. First, baby. I'm going to give, give last get, last get, my card. Take it over, Mike. Retire. Exactly. <laughs> we'll be doing it. We'll be doing it, dog. <laughs> hey, let's stick to uh, go back to baseball here real quick. Uh, points to note, uh, while the Big 12 baseball tournament's in Oklahoma City, We'll go to the uh, SEC where Texas A&M parted ways. They need a new baseball coach. Rob Childress gone after 16 years. Two College World Series appearances. I had a guy call me out on Twitter saying successful. Uh, yeah, he was pretty successful. I mean, was he though? I mean, was it, it wasn't all. It wasn't average. Come was, on, it dude. It was above you're, above you're, average. Come on, I'm gonna have to call. I'm gonna have to back this guy. Like you're a big time cheerleader for a lot of people. He wasn't successful. I, I thought his first. If you think if you think that's successful, years. we need to have a definition of success. His first 10, 11 years worth. How many success. college world series wins did he have? I don't. I can answer that. It was zero. So yeah, I mean that's not if their expectation <clears throat> is college world series wins, and that's not that's not successful. Congratulations, man! Look what he did this year. He beat UT, and that was their. Well, it doesn't matter. Series. Midweek games, midweek games don't matter. But no, my, my, my biggest point on this, my biggest point on Childress was this. Childress is a good coach. Childress yeah. has done a great job. He's done yeah, a good yeah. job recruiting. The problem is this. When you don't, your expectations are out of who you really are. Because, I mean, my man Kyle wrote a book, 101 Reasons about Texas Aggies. Aggie facts. They'll get yeah. championships. You know what I'm right. saying? So, what 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 are you really shooting for? 
What are you really shooting for? So who are you going to go get that's better? Tim Tadlock, yeah. and I know it's on the scroll. Tim Tadlock, they thought they were going to get him. Not. You got a lifetime contract at Texas Tech. What are you going to do? You going to try to go get Slosnagel from from uh, TCU? That's not he's, happening. He's built, he's built a big-time program. Why do you want to leave for that? So I'm just saying, like, what 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 is the expectations and where should we be? That's all I'm saying. I just think on par, AM had perhaps they've had a decent baseball, a good baseball history. Uh, they get a lot nine. of first rounders, and maybe that's it. They get first rounders, right. and then they don't they don't finish the deal. So maybe Mike's right. Maybe yeah. that's the reason why it doesn't happen. Well, I mean, they had perhaps the best baseball team in recent college baseball history in 89, seven losses on the year. And they didn't go to the College World Series, finished uh, number two in their regional. All right. So the next one, you just mentioned to it, Tim Tadlock remaining in Lubbock for his entire life, meaning a lifetime contract. You guys, your thoughts on a contract like that? To Mike, can I get a lifetime contract that last day has, bro? Can I get a lifetime contract? I wish you would just, you know, maybe text someone back when they text you back. I mean, maybe that would be nice, you know. Let me check my palm yeah. pilot. Yeah, that's me. cool, man. Get your stylus out. You know, 1998 <laughs> all over again. Look at this. This is a T-Mobile flip phone. Let me see. Uh, Sidekick. No, that's cool. It's in there. Don't worry about it. Um, lifetime contracts, man. I don't know. I mean, at what point, like, you? let's see. Matt Brown would have got probably – if he had won the 2009 uh, championship, he probably would have got a lifetime contract. But at what point is a lifetime contract not? I mean, right. when do you when do you cut them off? You know what I mean? Like, Augie Augie basically added a lifetime contract, and he got, you know, was asked to retire. Um, so I mean, I don't I don't know what I feel about those lifetime contracts. I mean, if we were to get, let's say, Sark comes in, and Nick Saban deserves a lifetime contract. You know what That's I mean? Fair. That's, That's fair. A, that would be a good justification. Well, yeah. Uh, except when he's shopping for houses or his wife is in Austin. If, <laughs> Allegedly. If, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I think if anybody, you'd have to win some championships. Uh, Pat yeah. Summit, RIP, lifetime contract, OG, yeah. right? Uh, but I think you K, said it perfectly. Lifetime contract. You know, Bill, even Bill Self, right? I think Bill Self could get a lifetime contract. But I think you said it perfectly. When does a lifetime contract end? <laughs> Who says it's over? Well, that's that, that's my point, right? Yeah. Is it the fans? I bet you it's the fans when they're right. like, well, we haven't won anything in three or four years, but we signed this lifetime contract and they're not coming in this and that. Then you're like, that's when you get transition, quote unquote, and moved over to the to the admin side of things. But yeah. no, I He's done a tremendous job with that baseball program. Uh, they, Texas Tech's always had a – since, I guess, 89, 90, they've been really good. Uh, they've been to, what, three College World Series here in the last five, six oh, years. Hey, so they've been really good. And I, I don't know. It just depends on which program. I mean, Texas Tech knows who they are, and they've got a guy who's highly regarded and can land uh, top talent and junior college talent. Now, this subject right here – uh, Jaden Blue, the Texas commit, uh, opting out of his senior year in high school at Klein Kane High School. Uh, I have literally spoken to four coaches in the Texas High School Coach Association who have told me 
uh, that this isn't what you think it is. This is a guy who is uh, being disciplined by that program and the option to say, hey, you handle it smoothly. Uh, so he put that out there on his social media platforms, opting out of his senior season in high school. Fellas, I, I, if it's not that, that would be a horrific trend for high school athletics. Well, what is it then? If it's not, I guess my question is that, like, what are we, what are we saying here? So, are you saying that it that basically he's being disciplined, and it's is he opting out or is he not opting out? Do you know? Because you said you just talked to four four different ones. So yeah. yeah. That, well, those coaches said it does. It's not as it appears. He's not on the team. I don't know okay, the so, so then that's not really – so really that's kind of like misleading in my opinion. I think it's more of what do you think of him being – you know, the rumor is he's saying this, but I, it's more of he's kind of being disciplined right versus – Well, if like he's being able to save grace because they don't want to talk about the disciplinary Well, that's, right. I think exactly. that's both sides, right? I think yeah. that's both sides. I think. Yeah, I mean, they're both winning on this deal and saying, right. hey, say whatever you say, but we, both, we all know the backstory. It's kind of like right. the situation that happened with the running back, uh, Zach Evans, when he had to get disciplined for the football game and he didn't get a pl- chance to play in the state championship game or show up or late. The, because or that whole DeMoss situation, that wide receiver right. from a and right? right? I think right. they're all just trying to save face, say, look, you can say you're opting out. Because they probably did something they weren't supposed to do and then blah, blah, blah. Probably well, wasn't the first time he did it either, right? Right. So, which it is what it is, but – yeah, but I don't. I don't know. That just sounds like misleading. Yeah, yeah, but it's opting no, out your senior year. It's 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 something that no matter how you look at it, you would regret it. I tried to do that my senior year of high school because I was playing baseball. I knew I had a future in baseball. I knew I had opportunities that were coming in. I didn't want. I come back from the summer and it was just getting ready to be two a days. And I told the coaches I didn't want to play football anymore because risk of injury, because I knew my future was going to be baseball. And they told me flat out, Mike, if you don't play base, I mean, if you don't play football, you don't play baseball this year. I said, okay, where is the athletic uh, trainer so I can get my equipment because I'll be at practice tonight (laughs) because I knew. But it turned out to be the greatest time of my life. We went undefeated in the regular district champs undefeated and it was the best time because all my boys got scholarships to play football at big colleges and it was outstanding i had a blast and i i would have regretted my life because i sat out and didn't spend that time and they probably would they wouldn't have been at that wedding party with my boy bennett because they'd have been pissed off at me and they'd have said we done with you dog well i opted out my senior year i just showed up every day I completely opted out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I was opted out the entire year. Real right. quick on this one, name, image, and likeness, and you'll see the acronym, all caps, NIL. It is starting to gain more and more traction. Uh, CDC, uh, Chris Del Conte, the AD at the University of Texas, along with uh, Joe Castiglione at OU, have really – gone to the forefront of this and being more open on a public platform about the support of it because that's the direction it's already with, it's already signed dude it's not no, I know. it's no, happening I, know that. I, I realize that but they're being more vocal about this about programs which have been established for their student athletes to encourage it and put it out there to encourage it more and more 
through like business opportunities, learn those so we be prepared as a student. So I'm gonna ask this right now. I'm gonna ask this to you, Mike. I'm gonna ask this to you because you're you're contracted. But I'm saying you're you're contracted now with all these universities and all these different colleges. Congratulations, by the way. Great job. But my question for you is the players now. Like it's gonna be a difficult situation for you because you have these players that love your equipment, love your hat, and they can't they could be spokesmen, but now that you're licensed through the university, yeah. is that going to be a difficult pool for those players? There's rules. There's gonna I, yeah. it, it was anything, I'm not trying to know. get into the legal yeah, no, nah, well, from what I understand and I haven't I haven't gotten any official like documents or anything of what what companies can or cannot do i do think it's a little bit different because now that we're licensed by the university from what i've been told from inside sources um they won't be able to wear any of our gear that has the longhorn or they can't they can't go and wear let's say for ut they can't show up in a ut polo like you're wearing hard and say hey i'm we'll use uh sam ellinger he's graduated we can say that hey i'm sam ellinger uh, Last Stand Hats is my favorite hat company. Hook them. They can't do that because that's them representing the university and not their likeness. What they can do is put on a Last Stand shirt and a Last Stand hat and say Last Stand Hats is my favorite hat company, and therefore they're they're golden that way, right? And that's how they're using their likeness. Got you. To go okay. ahead, right? So they won't be able to promote any of the university stuff. And if we have university stuff, I that's the tricky part, right? Because you know, we have, we carry, we're licensed by different schools. And if we go get these, you know, student athletes and kind of work with them and just have them rep the brand, even though we carry it, what's the, you know, it might hurt us. It might, they yeah. might say, well, you know what, you're licensed, you're not able to do that. Right. Right. So essentially, they That's can't, what I was curious. Essentially, student athletes, they can't do formal, quote, formal promotions for your products. They can say that they prefer or like your products, right? Well, no, they can't. They can't do anything that has to do with the university. They can go to a car lot and say, I'm Shane Bouchel and I love driving Land Rovers in Dallas, Texas, right? He could have done that at that point, but he can't show up and say in an SMU shirt and say, oh, hey, all SMU people go here. Right. It's just got to be his likeness. So then – so you got to think too, like a lot of these. I'm really curious how this is gonna how this is gonna play out because a lot of these big time companies, you know, you're the starting quarterback for you. Think of think of this had gone down when Bench Young was the QB. That's an right. example of how right. big Bench right. Young was. Right. We really haven't had maybe Colt McCoy was the other big one, but Bench yep. Young was a national name. Everybody knew. They're all going after Vince. Yeah. Everybody. You know, my my mentality, if if I'm just speaking candidly, is, you know, I would go after the the freshmen, the incoming, the, you know, the likeness is there and you build a relationship and that way you have, you know, all of it. But on the flip side, too, you've got some players like I've got some players I want to reach out to just to see what once the conversation starts. We haven't we haven't reached out to anybody yet because we don't want to break any rules. But um you know, it's interesting to see. But then again, I also need to see what 
what the le- what the legal action is. I got to talk to my lawyer. I'm sure to make sure too, because you want to do it right. You don't want any um, that's my point, issues. You don't right. want you don't want right. any compliance right. issues. Right. So you know, and as a growing business, and especially someone that has like you know ties to UT, I don't want to be the reason why uh, you know a, a star ding, player ding, ding, can't ding, play ding, or any yeah. player can't play. Because it's me because I was an idiot and I reached out and tried to benefit for our company and that person instead of the overall big picture. So if you do own a company out there and you plan on doing this, please be smart about it. Just ask the right questions. Do the right process. Wait. Take notes. Just Research. Wait. Just wait. Just wait till it comes out and then and then do what you need to do. But don't don't be that guy that just sends shit. And it's like, come on, man, be with me and, and dropping off stuff. Like, you <laughs> see that New Orleans? You see that New Orleans? Street uh, vendor. You see that New Orleans tweet from the, yeah, the yeah. county, whatever guy was like, if your kid's coming home with cars and guns and bags of money and he's in college or she's in college and we find out about it and you don't report it, we're going after you, not the kid. We're going after you because you knew about it. Uh, that's, I, I like that. Hey, right here, uh, right below uh, Big Mike's right shoulder, Peacock Tender Time. Now, he has, uh, since day one, Big Mike has uh, jokingly had a segment here called Tender Time to profile and highlight my dating life. Well, this right here, I thought, well, you guys may have seen it. Everyone puts on their game, their best game. Well, this Peacock tried to throw some game at a zoo. That, hey, doesn't, that doesn't look like much consent, to be honest. <laughs> he was not having any that isn't, good that of his game. Was, uh, the drunk guy. Sean, is that your dating life? Let's talk about you, Tender Time. Oh, no, we're good. In we're reference good to the week. peacock, There's nothing you feel to like There's you nothing. just throw yourself out there and we just see what sticks? Or is it more of, hey, babe, I like you. Swipe left. Swipe left. No, it's swipe oh, right. You, no, no, no. Swipe. It's swipe right, not swipe left. I'm so sorry. I'm out of the game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry. So, so, okay. So the peacock, that was very aggressive. Not no. a lot of not a lot of consent there. The chick, no. like the drunk dude, they just won't leave her alone. And she's trying to leave the bar. Invading um, her space. Yeah. Cool. Let's talk about Sean's tender. Tender time with Sean. Man, so, I, I would love to, but there's no – Depth to it the last two weeks. So next oh, week, no. we had time though. We had last time the time we had someone. What happened, Sean? Oh, we're just. Hey, hey we're Mike, you've been gone brother? for a minute, dog. You missed a couple shows. There's oh, a oh man, <laughs> you've been crying on hard your shoulder. Are no tears I see on that shoulder. Yeah. All right, let me see. There is, man. Yeah, there there is. Like, baby boy. We'll get you, ladies. Reach out to Sean. Friends, what kind of friends. You have a friend, Sean is she shorter oh. than five foot four? If so, hood <laughs> is eleven. Sean, Sean, likes tall, Sean likes tall girls. She can wear heels. She can be tall. It doesn't matter. I love that. Sean looks on the inside. Hey, let's transition to you know June nineteenth. My wife, Austin FC, the first home match. But 
Harge's son got to experience something that uh, was a first for the most part. Pretty cool. Uh, hard, just so I will not confuse. Or It's an Austin FC-affiliated soccer system, right? And they got to play at Q2 Stadium. Was that about last week, right? Yeah. So what, ha- when it, what ended up happening is in order for Austin FC to go through all the final preparations when they get a chance to play this game, they needed to practice the the VAR where the referees get a chance to go over and see if there's a foul or, or a penalty that needs to be assessed. So they were doing that. And what they needed to do was use some young kids to be out there to be able to play into the stadium. Well, our 13U team is a pretty good team. They were ranked pretty high in the nation earlier this year. And I kept saying that this is the reason why, because they're so talented and they're this, they're that. Well, one of the parents was sitting behind me. He said, Mike, let's be real. The reason why we got to play in the stadium is because Coach Wolf's son is on our team. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, ding, 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 ding. You are correct. But it was a great experience for the kids. That was something that they'll never, ever forget. I know as parents, you know, we expect a lot out of our kids and we we want the best for them. Mike, you were talking about getting your son training and getting a chance to be the next at DBU. So when you get a chance to get them out on the field and, and you get a chance to see them chase their dreams, it was pretty damn cool. And it was really cool for the parents because we may not ever have that moment, but we did that night. And so it was really, really cool. And I know the kids will remember that forever. And Mike, I've seen a lot of people rocking the Austin hat that you have too, man. Oh, let's see it. Let's see it with those colors. With those colors, black, white, black, white. Yeah, man. I'm wearing the DBU hat still, Sean. Um, But he's just talking about the hat that I made. Oh, the hat in general. Yeah, man. So as as a soccer player growing up, right, those were the cool moments. Like we got, or like in high school, like going and playing on Boise State Field, even though you, I knew I wasn't going to play there, right? Um, But yeah, dude. For the long time, like that's super cool as a parent. I hope that I get to experience that, whether it's playing in like the state championship or going to Cowboys Stadium, even if it's yeah. even yeah. if it's just high school, right? Or wherever. Yeah. That those are moments you'll never forget because your kids there and you can say that you got to watch your kids. So that's that's super cool. Also, big shout out to your son, man. He's crushing it. I heard in the league. Um, got some friends over there at Austin FC who actually are in the on the team and, and through that Austin what is it, Austin FC like juniors Academy, or whatever yeah. you want. Yeah, I'm hearing really good things. Your son is is a beast. So that's uh, congratulations, man. That's super cool to hear. Appreciate it. Hey, speaking of that guy, Little Hards DJ, let's transition. Hey, Ben, tell me something good. That's the first time I've ever heard that. Because that's uh, uh, disclosure, I don't don't listen to our Every time you guys do that, I'm like, I had no idea what he was saying. So, right, that's uh, great job, guys. Thanks. So, let me tell you something good, real quick. Let me tell you something good, real quick. Uh, I got a chance to go to my first baseball game this year, Mike. I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to see you. I got a chance to go to the first baseball game on Saturday where Texas was playing West Virginia, they were up. I happened to turn on my phone 
to watch the the TCU K State game, and as I was turning on my phone, I actually yelled, "This dude's not going to do anything!" And as soon as he swung the bat, I jumped up and almost was on the dugout. And Coach Pierce looked behind us, looked at me, and realized what was happening. And then the ripple effect throughout the stadium because everybody was on their phones. Really, we got a chance to see the walk-off home run for Texas to win a share of the Big 12 championship, which they ended up being number one seed. So, to me, they're the Big 12 champions. They are. They – it was unbelievable. It was a great experience. I was sitting by some college kids who were outstanding. They were ragging West Virginia. And even my family got into the ragging at one point. I was like, this is not what we do. This is not what we do. Yeah, yeah. But it was outstanding. It was outstanding. So – I was glad I got a chance to be there to watch those guys win the Big 12 championship. So that's my something good. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's something good, but I want to give a shout out to everybody out in my field. Uh, our good friend Mark Pena. Yes. His mom passed away uh, last week due to yes. uh, battle with cancer. And the left field from the baseball parents to the everybody around is just kind of like, you know, it's his family, and it's really cool to be a part of. And so I went – the funeral was today. A handful of us went. Um, Mark's in good spirits. I mean, his mom's not in pain anymore. You know, they're, it's it's good stuff, right? Uh, so just sending out a lot of love to not only the Pinas, um, but also, you know, the left yes. field traveling up there to Oklahoma State. Be safe. Um, so – that's great. Oh, that's good. That's good. I'll tell you something good. We're going to keep that. I guess we keep it consistent. Um, I remember 1984 was my first regional back when there were only 48 teams uh, that went to the NCAA baseball playoffs. So there were eight, six team regionals. And those were my first experiences, 85, 86, 80, all the way up to 92 when I left Austin, all those regionals, all those games. Uh, live atmosphere, and we're going to have that again this year. And, and I hope, you know, 2018 was a, a great environment. But let's fill the dish because it is an experience unlike any others. Uh, a unique atmosphere. Occupy left field is uh, was, I think, the rowdiest part of 2018 in those regionals. And that is something good and something to look forward to after the Big 12 tournament. Guys, it has been fun. I love this new video uh, platform we have, and I'm grateful you guys are a part of it as well. So for Big Mike, the absent Coach Mo, and the Hardball Harge, we out. All the play when you see him in the street. Take a damn nap. <laughs> Peace out. Much love. Peace out. Oh. You see the drippy, I'm fitted up. Hop in my car and a giddy up.